Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warrior Maniacs, and how are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I'm wishing you guys all a good day. I also want to welcome you back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. Unfortunately, our man Abs could not make it here today. He's a little hungover after his 21st birthday. You know, first night of drinking. He's in probably bed, didn't, you know, didn't take it as easy as he should have. But anyway, uh, I'll be joined by some of my favorite 3T family members. We've got the George Clooney of crypto here, Super G, along with the smiling and always happy, joyful Jackie and her little brother, the Prince of Gaming NFT Tones in the house. So. With that said, uh, the stupid thing's getting all blurry on me because I'm getting all excited. I can't sit still. Uh, today at Good Morning Crypto, we're going to be talking about the UN's choice to use XLM over XRP for the first trial ever. Uh-oh. Does that mean XRP is not the chosen one? We're going to get into that. Donald Trump launching his own line of superhero Trump NFTs. How XRP can help the carbon markets. Coinbase launches a new tool to recover your, your, your crypto coins. And how do we fix the broken VC crypto funding markets? And we'll throw a sprinkle on a few tweets in there too. So our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for, for those of you listening live via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So with that said, I'm going to kick it over to the man with the best hair in the house, Super G. How are you doing this morning, my friend? Uh, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I'm doing outstanding, man. You know, anytime that the I wake up in the morning and uh, the market is red like this, I, I have a tendency to get excited, right? Because I, you know, I start checking uh, my dollar cost average strategies, and I and I see which ones are making lows or getting to that bottom of the ranges. Like I had said yesterday, um, you know, uh, rising ranges break down six eight percent of the time. And now we're breaking down. So I think we're either going to get some chop with Bitcoin or we're coming down to 16.5. Uh, and then we'll see how it goes from there. But you can see that the altcoins have started to bleed. Well, Gonzo, you may get excited when the market's down when you wake up. I get excited to just be able to wake up every morning. That's the most important thing when you're my age. So happy and grateful to be here. We'll just keep going down the line here. We got the Prince of Gaming NFT Tones in the house. Tones, how are you feeling this morning, buddy? I'm doing much better after yesterday with all the technical difficulties I had on the stream. I am feeling much better to give you the reins and let you take over. And I just sit back and kick back and relax today. Well, well, don't don't relax too much, okay? You're on a show. All right. And last but not least, our favorite joyful Jackie in the house. Jackie, like I said, always joyful, always happy, always smiling. Jackie, how are you doing today, kiddo? I'm doing awesome. Um, happy to be happy to be with my bros today. Um, abs, 
if you didn't save me a piece of cake or a cookie, I will have to fly out there and come kick your butt. So. <laughs> And abs, yes, congratulations on your first hangover you know, recently. Okay. <laughs> okay. Can I just say, too, like, so I spent the weekend with Jackie, and her and Shelly got to work out, and Jackie is a machine, dude. Beast. Let me just tell you, she beast. is a beast, like, when she works out. Like, she's a beast. Savage. Yes, I totally believe that. That does not surprise me at all. I definitely don't want to be going up against Jackie in the gym. That's for sure, Gonzo. But with that said... Uh, let's get this thing kicked off on the road. You know, shout out to our man Abs. I know he's out there. He's texting away. I don't know how bad his hangover is, but Abs, we love you. And hopefully you had a great, I don't know what the hell's going on. Hopefully you had a good, 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 happy birthday. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you back next week. All right. With that said, let's hop into, um, the, where are we here? My screen. Let me just share my screen with you guys. We'll hop into this. All right. So we'll start off with the fear and greed index. We are sitting at a 29. Uh, it's kind of been boring. We've just been hopping in the 20s. It's like, you know, we're it's kind of like the show, right? Every most people are in their 20s here. So is the fear and greed index just sitting out there hanging out. So uh we probably won't address that too much today. And you know, we do we like we always say, when you're in the fear, just replace that word with buy. And when you're in the greed, replace it with sell. So this is certainly a buying time. Actually, I will hop into this. Look at this. We got a really, really red day today. If we look at the um the bubble chart, one of my favorites. It looks like tones are up again, another 32% today. The tone coin is killing it, but the rest of the market is really feeling in a lot of pain, a lot of red. And like Gonzo said, I actually like the red. I get excited when I see red because red means I get to buy. And I don't have to worry about anything popping and, and selling. It's where you get to start building yourself. Because remember, billionaires and millionaires are made in a bear market, not a bull market. But with that said... Let's hop into the uh, coin market cap. Today, we're sitting at a coin market cap of $823 billion. We have Bitcoin sitting at 16926 so just under $17,000. we have got Ethereum at around $1,198. we have got US uh, BNB, $244. XRP, our beloved XRP, $0.36. Cents. Doge, everybody's favorite, $0.08. Cents. Cardano, you know, we were just talking about this this morning with Gonzo, 28 cents, almost back to where I bought it two years ago. So for those of you who think you don't have a chance to get in, that's not true anymore. We've got Polygon, 84 cents, another good one, another great entry. Pub, not financial advisors, we're not financial advisors. Polkadot, uh, let's keep going down the list here and see if there's anything else. Uh, Stellar, XLM, 7 cents. Algo, 20 cents, guys. This is crazy. And unfortunately, Quant, I shouldn't say that in a bad way because I'm just greedy and I want to buy it. It's sitting there strong at 116 It will not come back to me at $60. I'm really, really saddened by that one. But, but Jackie, uh, when you take a look at this chart here and you look at what's happening today, a lot of red out there. What are you thinking? Are you... Are you averaging? Are you DCAing? Are you just looking? What are you doing right now? Um, we just came off of our academy call. Um, Selman, Gonzo, and I, and Billy too. We do a um, TA call on Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, for the Warriors in the academy, and we talk about the markets. And so we just got off that call, um, looking at the markets, scanning what was going on. We hit that resistance zone for Bitcoin. We've been in this downward channel, kind of hit the top of that resistance point, and so. Um, looking at kind of a, a more local trend. Um, if we close below that local trend, we have about, um, I think it's like seven hours left. Um, it doesn't look, it looks like we might take another leg down. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of waiting and seeing, obviously, you know, everyone, it, you know, nobody has a crystal ball. So waiting and seeing, but right now I'm not DCA right now. Um, I'm holding. He's just holding. Okay. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, hey, just for the record. So <laughs> yeah, Abs is a little bit more than 21 and I'm sure he's had a hangover. He's not out today because of that. Uh, we're just having some good old fun here on the Good Morning Crypto Show. Gonzo, anything you're looking at in terms of uh, this market right now? I know you're excited that we're seeing some red. Um, yeah, you know, so what I do is I, I kind of look at the charts and I look at like basic support resistance. I go, we were talking about this morning, Johnny was was ADA, right? Uh, and I looked back and, you know, we're at previous prices back from uh, January, February of 2021. Um, so there isn't a lot of price action there or support. Right. And so um, what I was looking at is I, I think we're coming down to like uh, I, I'm going off the top of my head because there's so many charts flowing in my mind. But I think 24 cents. If we lose that, then we're going down to like 20, because when I looked over to the left side of the chart, 
uh, there wasn't a lot of support resistance there. Um, the same thing I'm looking at too is like Ethereum. Ethereum uh, lost 1240. So for, I'm looking at the chart right now. Now that we have 1240, we're kind of on top of this resistance line that we can kind of ride down. And now I'm looking at uh, pretty much 1150. Um, if we lose 1150, then we're coming back down to 1000, right? Because that's where that's where the support is at at 1150, and after that, 1000. So just still watching Ethereum. Um, XRP, my buy orders in, right? Uh, we hit the top of the trading range. Now we're back down. We're kind of in the middle, kind of in no man's land. So uh, we'll see if we get back down to the to those low 30s. So that's what I'm paying attention to. A lot of them had made like new lows. Like I was looking at Filecoin this morning. It's a new low. Flow uh, made a new low. Um, HBAR is getting close. Um, Link uh, is not. Uh, it needs to go down a little bit further for me. Gala, um, it's not the new low, but it's getting closer. So those are the kind of things that I kind of pay attention to. Yeah, and you know what? You just mentioned a few of my favorite. File and Flow, I love those. I've been DCAing in it, and I'm going to continue uh, to DCA into those. But um, as we just continue to move on here, NFT Tones, before I come to you, I just want to say shout out to you here. It looks like uh, we've got uh, Keeping It Clean bought their first NFT because of the show. So awesome news. I'm going to pull a Tones here. If you bought a uh, NFT because of yesterday's show, or more importantly, if you're a DCA and give us a one in the chat there and let us know what you're doing. If you bought any NFTs, give us a two. But uh, Tones, what are you uh, what are you doing in this market? Yo, so Tones is currently DCAing. Currently, I'm jumping into Soul, uh, YGG, Yogi uh, Gains, and uh, UOS, which is Ultra, and then of course my favorite, which is Wax. So uh, yeah, I've been dumping our diving DCAing into these uh, gaming coins right now. I've also been uh, DCAing a little bit into Propy. I'm trying to get uh, kind of get uh, money into each of the categories out there, such as like gambling, um, uh, all the categories. So I, I'm trying to really just branch out and get myself out there more because there's, I feel like going to be a couple horses in each category. So Having a couple runners in each category, I feel like, isn't a bad idea. Oh, the mute button got me there. All right, cool. Thank you, Tones, for your input. All right, with that said, then, guys, we're going to hop into our first article of the day. We've got the uh, the new incoming House Finance Services Committee chair. I like this guy already. He's asking the secretary, yelling to delay the crypto tax provision. So let's talk a little bit about what that means. So topic couple in the House Financial Service Committee wants the U.S. Treasury to delay the impending crypto tax provisions in last year's Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act uh, bill. I don't know if you guys remember that. We were talking about that on this show last year when there was a bill going around and everybody was saying, hey, what's this thing mean? What's it going to do? Right. And everybody was very nervous. And it turned out in that article, if you guys remember, there was some stuff written in it that wasn't very clear. It was actually wrong. And it, and it actually talks about right here. At issue is the definition of a broker for tax reporting purposes. And at one point, it was like all of us. The way it was written, everybody's a broker. You, me, got anyway, you said something to something, you, that's it. You're reporting tax. It's a nightmare if that goes through. Um, so uh, kudos to this guy. He's calling out. He says, industry participants warned the definition of broker was overly broad as I just described, and could force entities such as miners, crypto wallet manufacturers, almost anybody to be uh, reported by tax rules that could could physically not be able to meet. Gonzo, I don't know if you remember that rule when that came out mm -hmm. a, a yeah. year ago. What were, Did you have any concerns as this uh, rule was being written, or, or what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that we're hopefully now going to start to get some, you know, common sense kind of legislation um with maybe and and i'm you know I, i'm not trying to turn this political it's just the guy's a republican right and so hopefully we start to get some more common sense legislation because that was a concern right it was a very broad definition of what a broker was and it would really affect um basically like the miners and um some of the wallets right to where if they were brokers they would have to get certain um uh kyc information your social security number and they're just not able to do that they're not even set up to do that so um, it would really hinder the um, the asset class. So I'm glad that we're starting to get kind of some common sense kind of legislation came coming in. The other big issue was um, the whole thing with uh, $10,000, right? Like we all know with cash, like if you take $10,000 out of the bank or you move $10,000, there's a certain, um, you have to answer a lot of questions. That was going to be a big thing about cryptocurrency, right? Like if Johnny sends me 
$10,000 in cryptocurrency or, or whatever, I, I would have to get his social security number, all his personal information. Um, and that's just not, it's personal information, right? As, as close as Johnny and I are, he doesn't want to share his social security number with me, right? You know, it, it's just really anyway. random. And, and sometimes you don't even know the people, right? They're sending you $10,000. Uh, maybe it's $10,000 worth of an M&T or whatever it is. They're not going to give you that kind of information. So I'm glad that they're, they're finally looking at that and they're trying to address the issue with the, with the broad definitions. Yeah, I think that's right. We got 244 live people out there. Guys, give that like button a word, elbow smash, drop that thing, break it, bust it, and uh, give it, spread those likes around. So apparently it's section 80603 that creates the problem here, creates these concerns. It says it's poorly drafted as such. It could be wrongly interpreted as a definition of broker. So that's a big problem there. Be a, uh, but the letter also takes into account with another provision, and Gonzo, you actually just talked about this, which would incorporate into crypto's treasury definition of cash, which then in turn would impose it um, into reporting requirements, like you just said, to any U.S. taxpayer who receives over $10,000. And frankly, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of crypto, right? So, you know, Jackie, what's your thoughts here on the fact that, you know, it's weird. They're saying, okay, cryptocurrency is a security, right? We're in court. But then here they're trying to define it as a cash. So which one is it? And if it's defined as cash, then it's a security. So, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. We're getting a little, com- a little, there's a little bit of, um, uh, you know, they want to have both sides of this, of this, of the cake here and eat it too. Um, feels like to me, there's a little something shady going on there. What's your thoughts? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, you know, and this is the problem. All of these definitions now, like they need to be refined. They need to be redefined. Um, even even financial advisors, you know, a lot of us team members are kind of going through the process of getting our um, licenses uh, to be financial advisors um, at state level, at federal level, whatever it may be. Um, and there's a lot of definitions that even all of these um, education systems that are providing the ability to give you this licensing, they've had to redefine, you know, the books that they've, their, their textbooks, their education, you know, online videos and things like that. They're, they're, consistently adding new clauses and new um, whatever sections, I guess you would call those. And so that's, you know, that's basically the issue here. So even, even, you know, to be a financial advisor, to sit here and talk to you guys about certain cryptocurrencies and price points and things like that, that's, that's not legal, you know, according to, according to some of the textbooks that I've, I've personally been reading recently. So so, yeah, a lot of this does need to be redefined because, I mean, you know, more than likely they're going to come after all of us, you know, in a few years. So so hopefully not. But, yeah, that's that's the problem I see at hand. Every every definition, whether it's cash, security, financial advisor, broker, like it, it all kind of needs some clarification. And it's good. I mean, this is we're kind of coming at a point now where it's getting closer and closer and it just it just needs to happen. Oh, there's no question about it, Jackie. They're coming after us for those tax dollars. There's 87,000 new IRS agents. Believe me, they want their tax dollars, and they are going to get it. So you're better off uh, just making sure that you understand the rules, whatever they are, when they come out, and and make sure that you've got uh, – that you're paying your taxes. <laughs> Al Capone committed a lot of crimes. I, I, meant, I, meant more, I meant more on the financial advice side. Yes, guys, yeah. don't try to avoid your taxes. <laughs> That's yeah, well, not what well, Jackie, like, ruined the surprise, right, with the whole Series 65 thing, because I, I think we were going to come out here and actually, you know how we're always saying it's not financial advice? We were going to come out and actually say, hey, this is financial advice, so that everyone <laughs> yes. could freak out and be like, wait, you guys hey, can't do that. And then, but we can because we have our Series 65, but whatever. I'm sure everyone will forget that we're taking our Series 65 because not like we're going to take it, like, next week. It's super hard. Like, some of the stuff I understand, some of the stuff I don't with, like, futures and options and stuff. I don't get, but uh, you know, keep studying. Keep studying. You'll get, you'll get there, my friend. You will get there sooner or later. You know, All right, I've let's... actually said in the past, Gonzo, like I've, I've actually already manifested this. I feel like a lot of us are going to be involved in the process of changing a lot of these definitions. So I said it, I put it out in the universe. I mean, I won't be shocked if it happens. You guys might be shocked, but I won't be because I already said it. So no. <laughs> And we know BitBoy's out there fighting and trying to get it changed as well. And I think that's really what's important is we need folks in this industry who understand the terminology to start, you know, putting some of this stuff together. You know, it's funny. Yesterday there was a tweet. We talked about it. Um, one of the actors went up there 
and uh and started talking about crypto like wait a minute where'd you get your computer science degree from why are you talking about crypto you're an actor right now maybe he's got a computer science degree and okay well, let's see that let's hear about your experience but just because you're you know it kills me that some of these people let's get the right people up there and if we're going to create regulation and, and do were it. Were you talking it. about the guy from the OC, Johnny? Yeah. Ryan Atwood. Yeah, yeah. I tweeted something. It was like one of the first memes I've made. I'm like, I watched this guy in the 90s or early 2000s on the show, the OC, Ryan Atwood. Like you're talking in front of Congress. And of course, he's anti-crypto, right? Everything First, everything is a security. It's a zero-sum game. It's like gambling. Like there, there was like in his mind, there is zero utility. It's all a scam. We're all suckers. Uh, but the fact that like he was talking in front of Congress, I mean, he's not even like Ben Affleck, right? Or like a George Clooney, like, bro, yeah. like you were on the OC, right? I, I guess he's got some kind of degree in economics, but I, I thought it was hilarious. Well, you know what happened? He was also Commissioner Gordon in Gotham, and I think uh, now he thinks he's the police. I think he's the uh, I think he's the authority on everything. So what? Well, and I actually liked him. I actually liked him in Gotham. He should just shut his mouth. Not gonna vomit. Now I'm not sure I'll watch him anymore. Just stay out of it. You know what I mean? You're not helping yourself. But anyway, yeah, we'll tell Commissioner Gordon to go go fight crime. All right, next up, we got the man number forty president, the forty fifth president of the world. I don't know if he's lost his mind, but he has now launched. A collection of superhero Donald Trump NFTs. So, Tones, I'll be coming to you on this one. Donald Trump launched a collection of NFT trading cards that claim um, that come with real life benefits. So, we do talk about utility, right? Utility is important when you're creating an NFT. And apparently, these these um, NFTs will actually the utility you're going to get is you get invited to a gala dinner. I'm actually more interested in the gala dinner. You get a gala dinner with Trump, or even a meet and greet with the former president. Um, Trump shared the collection cards with the campaign through his, uh, I guess his, his, uh, website there or official Time truth account. Go ahead, Tone. Do you want to say Time something? Out. Yeah. Let me chime in. Just, just so you know, not every single one of those cards that you buy will grant you a win or grant you a gala dinner. There's it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a raffle and there's 45,000 of those NFTs out there in the wild and your max limit, you can buy a hundred of those. So somebody, if they really wanted to, they could go out there, buy 100, and then make a second wallet, buy another 100. Depends how much they really want to see Trump. You see where I'm going here with this? So, I I mean, it's great that he's making an NFT. It's great that he's giving it some kind of value that people can actually have a dinner with him. But, I mean, this is kind of crazy. I mean, the amount that he's putting out there, I, and I'm kind of shocked that they sold out 45000 and they were at a hundred dollar price tag, so it's kind of insane. You know, I think what go I ahead, was just gonna say. I think what's important, like what you can take away from this, is a couple things. First of all, they're on Polygon, right? Because you know his wife uh, Melania tried to do hers on Solana. Nothing to do with Solana, but it just didn't work out. So I think he's a better fit personality for this. He built it on Polygon. Um, it gives people that aren't crypto people an exposure, right? Because you have to get a wallet. Um, you could use fiat to onboard, right? Or you can use cryptocurrency. It is a Chinese wallet. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of the name of the wallet right now, but it is built on Polygon. Um, he is bringing that utility, right? Like you said, there's a raffle. You can meet him. You could play golf with him. You could go to this gala. But um, what's going to be interesting to see, because he's always been um, an, uh, a proponent of cryptocurrency, right? Because he's all about the US dollar. He's always, um, you know, the same narratives that we've heard that blockchain's a scam, that it's for terrorists, that it's for this, it's for that, right? And so now he's going to get to see um, how this thing works, right? To see if the people that support him, um, if they really do believe in, in digital assets, right? Like they said, it's sold out. I don't know how long it took to sell out, but you're going to have people that aren't normally crypto people. They're going to be brought into this space. And then maybe that's going to open his eyes to digital assets. And maybe, hopefully, I'm assuming it's going to kind of change his mind, right? Because he's always been a proponent. Hopefully, he becomes an advocate. Yeah, and, you know, you, you, there's a lot to unpack there. So, first of all, Trump has a huge following, right? Huge fan base. No surprise that they actually sold out. You guys are right. You kind of nailed it on the head. Polygon is a chain. They're using $99 a piece. You know, and just to give you an idea, a little bit of what's happening here, you can kind of get a little feel. <laughs> well, there he is as a cowboy. And uh, I don't know if that's Homelander from the boys or the opposite of Homelander, but you can you can collect all your favorite Trump digital trading cards here, very much like baseball cards. Um, 
You'll see here Trump's collection features 45,000 total NFTs on Polygon with a limit, as Tones rightfully said, of 100 um, NFTs. But I think what's really important here is two things. One, if you buy 45 of these, because obviously he was 45th president, he set up where if you buy 45, you're automatically invited to the dinner. So you, it's not a raffle, uh, Tones, for the dinner. It might be a raffle to meet him, but to be at the same dinner with him, you just have to buy forty five these. So for forty five, so you gotta. So j just keep this in mind. Then you have to spend four thousand five hundred. You have to buy forty five of these, right? Because they're all hundred, and you're also competing with other people that are trying to do this. Do you really think it was that easy to get forty five of these? <laughs> I mean, I I didn't go for it, so I don't know. But I'm I'm presuming that this was not as easy to get as. People are as like you're making it kind of seem. I I feel like this. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not making this seem easy at all. I'm just saying that's what it takes. I don't know how hard or how easy it was. If they sold out, he has a big, big following. Sixty-five million Americans voted for him. So, or I mean, support him. So the reality is, yes, he's. They're gonna sell out. I'm not surprised. And forty-five hundred dollars, if you think about it, to go to one of these dinners. A lot of times, these these political dinners, they're ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to sit at the table. So for forty-five hundred dollars. That's a bargain if you could actually, you know, if you're fortunate enough to get 45 of these, if you're a Trump fan. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and anyway. it brings a real, like, and, it, and it's the real use case for NFTs, right? It, it's not like a lot of these people that don't know about crypto, they're just assuming that it's a JPEG, a JPEG picture, right? Or just a trading card. But he's, like, exposing to the regular people about what true utility looks like, kind of like what we're doing with X Royalty, right? Like that's the whole, that's the utility for our, for our project for X Royalty is going to conferences, um, going to the retreats, getting to meet to the team, one on ones with Coach GV, all that stuff. Okay, don't you get blew too much that. Stuff. You blew that out the water. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, I, it's not like it's a huge no, thing. People could probably assume <laughs> like. Like, I don't, I don't think they, they want to buy X royalty to ha like to meet me. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's no, no, I don't buy X royalty to meet you. Don't say that. <laughs> okay, you are anyway. awesome, Gonzo. Who wouldn't want? I would Gonzo, buy who wouldn't want just to sit with each one of you at a table. There is no doubt there are people right now that want to buy an, you know, an NFT to sit with Gonzo and rub their fingers through his hair. No question. <laughs> Give me a one in the oh, chat yeah. if you want to rub your fingers. Bad. If you want to rub your fingers through through Gonzo's hair, I, mean, I just wanted to get a shock of adrenaline through Gonzo when I went like this. I was like, wait, I thought we could talk about that. He's like, what? <laughs> Why we are talking about it? Let's bring it up. So XR Royalty guys, um, here is the uh, since Gonzo brought it up, it's a great time to talk about. You know, as you all know, we'll be launching in 27 days on January one, one uh, January 11th. So one 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 eleven. Um, and you can see here the uh, the the uh, the, um, the roadmap. So light paper will be coming out shortly. The website uh, is already a, a part of that up and running. Uh, so go there and sign up to get on the wait list. Then the minting will follow by a a, a, dra a raffle for the drawing. And then you'll see we've got intimate premium events coming that that gets you access to. Then the virtual conference, which will be coming. Um, That'll be coming also, I believe, in Q1 or Q2. And then, of course, the Met Academy. So this is going to be a lot of utility here when you buy the XR Royalty. You want to go join the Discord as well. That's where the notifications are going to be Bro, coming up. X Royalty. Yeah, sorry. What did I say? You always say XR Royalty. I keep calling it XR Royalty. Coach, tell me we need to rename it XR Royalty. It's X Royalty, guys. Don't mess it up. Don't do what I do. It's X Royalty. Um but uh, anyway, so anybody want to wrap up anything else on NFTs before we move to our next topic? Join the link to join the Discord, guys. We will be launching our light paper very, very soon. So so get in on that. And yes, January 11th, guys, that is going to be a big, big date. So be ready. Get your sum wallet sets up. Sets up. Dang it, Johnny, you're ruining me now. Get your sum wallet set up. Um, yeah. Make sure you top that with some XRP and... Um, yeah, you can join this uh, link funnel or you can just join the Discord. Uh, the Discord is a, a 3T Academy uh, slash X Royalty Discord. So that will bring you all the updates that you need to know. Robbie Dog, welcome to the show, brother. We love having new folks on here. Glad you joined it live. Um, here's the website right here, xroyalty.io. The link is below. Go there, guys. Sign up. Put your email and get on the wait list and also go join the Discord. 
All right. With that said, we will continue on to our. Uh, I want to play this short video here on the man. On, on well, let me grab this real quick. It wouldn't be a Dan Jimsy if we don't bring up the Rat Snake Weasel Index. Let's bring it up here. We know where SBF is. He broke the he broke the Rat Snake Weasel list. He's at the bottom, and uh, there was a um, an interview here with <coughs> one of the senators. They asked him, you know. Well, actually, you know what? Let me just play the video, and I'll get your comments. We'll go around the room. Let me know if you guys can hear this. Timing of that. And what about SEC Chair Gary Gensler? Some say he has a very cozy relationship with Alameda Research, which looks like has commingled funds uh, with FTX. Yeah, and not just Alameda Research, but Sam Bankman-Fried himself. And I think that's a big part of the timing, frankly. I mean, it's all speculation at this point. But the best theory I have is that the SEC and others didn't want uh, SBF to give his own version of. So what were you doing with Gary Gensler in the Securities and Exchange Commission <laughs> with all these meetings and all this interaction that he's had with regulators? And he would have been able to give his side of that. Uh, the regulators and the SEC, Gary Gensler and others, wouldn't have been able to filter the questions. Uh, and they didn't know where that was going to go. So I think that's part of what drove some of the timing on the arrest. Gonzo feels like to me he's spot on. I, he took the words right out of my mouth. But what's your thoughts there, buddy? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, as we go down the rabbit hole and this thing plays out, because it's going to take a few years to totally like come out. Um, I've always said this. I think Gary Gensler's um, days are numbered. Um, I, I think that um, w what they're going to find is um, before SBF's uh, bill blew up, um, its purpose was to give the SEC more power while monopolizing the exchange market, right? Through the federal bit license, it was going to give FTX more power and it, to be able to crush its competitors while still giving the SEC more power. And they were working together to, to accomplish that. And the whole thing blew up in their face, right? Um, and I think that's what's going to come out in the future. Yeah, and you know, I think one of the things here as we think about this, uh, to be honest with you, at first I was like, oh, this is great. Sam got arrested, but the reality is it isn't. It would have been greater if he had gotten a chance to testify, I think, in front of everybody because the kinds of questions he just said. Could you imagine when they started drilling him about his meetings with Gensler? They didn't want any of that stuff in the public. Right, Jackie? What's your thoughts there? On a, would you want it? So what do you prefer? Would you, would you have wanted to see him testify in front of Congress? Are you happy that he's rotting in a Jamaican jail uh, and not getting his vegan meals? dang it you 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 took that from me i was gonna say he's asking for vegan food <laughs> no um you know i don't i don't sam bankman freed isn't worth my worry or my energy but you know it's it it's just good that all of this is coming out um because yeah we had been talking about that for a long time uh that yeah Gonzo nailed it right on the head. The whole bit license thing to be able to, you know, keep everything centralized. Uh, that was that was the whole plan from the beginning. And so it's kind of good that everything was exposed. Um, it's still shady. Everything's shady, guys. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I watched the whole the hearings and, and it was a real like clown show. I, I, I mean, you had Kevin O'Leary on, on some aspects. He, he did talk well of crypto. But when he sat there and blamed Binance for the fall of FTX because SBF told him this or SBF told him that, um, it's a total joke. Like, he's straight up lying. Like, I lost total respect for the guy. Um, and, and it was just ridiculous. Like, put the Binance thing aside, whether Binance actually was trying to make them collapse or not. It doesn't change what happened, which was fraud, right? Uh, Binance wouldn't have been able to hurt them or to make them collapse if he wasn't Correct. doing fraud. Right? Correct. And so Correct. that that that's not even, and I don't think that's true, right? But even if it was, right, if they were at it and they, Binance was trying to monopolize the market, what that doesn't change the fact that what he was doing was straight up fraud, that there was nothing with inside the company, any kind of uh, account management. I mean, it, it was insane. The whole thing was just set up to just um, steal people's money is, is what it, it, is, it appears to be. It was a house of cards set up the fall, and you absolutely are 100% right. You cannot blame CZ or Binance for, for pulling the rug out from them. If you set your house up so that it's a house of cards and it has no foundation, it's going to fall, don't be pissed off when somebody comes by and pulls the rug out from under you. That's your fault. And, 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 you know, and, and from that perspective, like, hey, too bad for you. The only part I have a problem with the whole thing, Gonzo, 
is that the spread or contagion effect that affected innocent people and a bunch of so it's not like just Sam lost his business and he's going to jail. He hurt millions of people and he and he destroyed the industry, you know, or I should say crashed it severely. And so to me, that is the issue. You know, that's the one thing that hurts me. I feel bad about is that a lot of innocent people got taken up by this. But no, Mr. Wright, cockroaches are not vegan. <laughs> they are protein. I believe bugs are protein. So I don't believe uh, Sam's going to be eating those. Uh, <laughs> I don't, don't believe he's going to be eating one of those. But I did want to address this thing. You know, I guess there are some folks out there in the crowd, um, our listeners, they're asking, are we worried about the market crash? Guys, we've been saying on this show, at least I have been for a while now, that I've always felt December would be where we would see the low in this market. Now, you know, soon we're going to find out whether I was right or wrong. But I've always felt in November, December, we would kind of bottom out on this thing. And hopefully as we start to move into the next phase of next year, uh, and, and then obviously the year after is when we get to having, I always kind of felt we'd start to, you know, sideways bottom here for for most of the you know to the middle of 2023 and then we start to get that lift so for me this is all good dca timing i don't know gonzo or, or anybody else want to comment how you guys feel uh yeah no right now in this market are you worried are you worried about this market right now absolutely not we, we haven't done anything new right the four-year cycles are still alive and well um you know even bitcoin at what its price is right now we still haven't gone to like an 85 percent correction uh, right. Um, if you look at like I was showing Jackie the, the monthly chart when we were together over the weekend. And um, if you look at the monthly, we need to really pay attention to where the candle close is, because if it's below 175, because 175 has a very thin line of support. And if we close under that, then I believe that what we're coming down to is 13.7. Now, keep that in mind. That's in a very high time frame, but that's the range. That's where the next real strong support level is going back to the 2018 bull run with open and closes on candle and candle wicks. So I think it's a very strong support at that 13.7. So um, no, I, I think we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're in a bear market um, and um, it's nothing new. Now understand that if Bitcoin decides to come down to like 15, 14,000, it's gonna bleed out the altcoins, right? And I had said this before, like the altcoins could still correct another 20, 30%, right? And so just be ready for that. And as long as you have a strategy, whether you, you know you buy and then you just hold and let it come back up or you buy all the way down like that, I think what most of us are doing, um, I think you'll be fine. Not financial advice, that's what I'm doing. But from all this research I've done and, and looking back at the history, um, we're just in the normal bear market. Nothing, nothing new to see here. Hey, Gonzo, while I have you on the floor here, another question came up that's great also. Why do you think having is a plus? Be serious. I don't know if you want to address. If not, I can go around the room. Like Bitcoin having is coming soon, right? Like why? Why do I think? Why does it work? I think I he's think trying to. I think the question is why does the having make you know create another bull market? Why do we see bull markets around the havings? Why? Why? Why is that important? Why is that a plus? Uh, because it's in the. It's a reduction of the rewards. Correct. Right? And so it's programmed into it. And so then when you're reducing the rewards and you have a cap supply, um, it, it, it moves in cycles, right? And then so what happens is you get to a certain price point um, and then you get kind of like the sell-off and then the cycle kind of resets itself all over again. Um, I don't know if Jackie wants to add since I've been hugging all the airtime, but Jackie, you want to add about that? You're fine. I was just going to say, yeah, supply and demand. If the rewards are cut, supply and demand. Correct. At the end of the day, when, when you look at the work to do the hash rate, the work for, for a miner um, to have it for to, to be worthy for the miners to continue to mine these coins when they have them, the price ultimately needs to go up to compensate. Otherwise, if the price doesn't go up, there's not going to be any value in doing the mining because the amount of coin they get now for when they do the mining goes down. I mean, I remember when the first time I think when they first started mining, I think you got like 250 coins. Bitcoins when you mine, when it was like a dollar, right? Now you get like one-tenth of a, a Bitcoin or something very, very small. So the point is, the reason why halvings are important is when they have, what's supposed to happen is the price is supposed to go up to continue to compensate folks to continue mining, or the mining's going to stop. And if the mining stops, then Bitcoin's dead. So that's part of why you continue to see the pricing going up at every single halving. And there's no reason to think at the next halving it won't go up again. So I hope between our answers, I hope that kind of gives you. Yeah, and that just has to do with Bitcoin, right? And the reason we Correct. mention it is because right now, 
Bitcoin is kind of the energy of the market. It moves the rest of the market. As Bitcoin goes, um, the market goes. Now, that's not going to always be the case, right? We'll see what happens in the next bull run. If Ethereum's total market cap can flip it, right? We have some issues right now with Ethereum. Um, and, you know, are they going to call it a security or not? Because of the staking, they did say that I think the Shanghai upgrade is going to come out next year. I believe I heard March, which helps it against the security argument. Because if these guys aren't able to push out an, uh, a, a, uh, the Shanghai upgrade to unstake that, the SEC can really start to have issue of calling Ethereum um, a security um, as it went to proof of stake. But yeah, or until maybe like XRP decides to break away and, and now kind of maybe move the market or do its own thing. As of right now, we don't have resolution in the lawsuit. XRP is doing what XRP does. It's ranging and it hasn't broken away from the rest of the market. Yes, and speaking of XRP, let's hop into our main story of the day. The UN taps into XRP's twin brother, Stellar Blockchain, to send war-impacted Ukrainian USDC, USDC stablecoins so much to unpack here. Um, Tone's been coming to you first. So the United Nations here, High Commission for Refugees, mandated to aid and protect refugees, is launching a blockchain solution to distribute cash to Ukrainians affected by the ongoing Russian war. You'll see here to, to participate, users need to download a vibrant, stellar-based, uh, or download vibrant. It's a stellar-based, non-custodial mobile digital wallet and provides a secure place to hold and transport funds in USDC, not USDT. Very interesting. A popular dollar-pegged stablecoin. Recipients can then choose to convert the received USDC to US dollars, euros, or, or their local currency and withdraw the funds at hundreds of thousands of uh, money gram locations around the globe. So let me stop there. Tones, what's your thoughts here? What are you starting to see happening here in the world of digital currencies? Yo, so... I, I'm from what I'm seeing here, I'm starting to see more and more countries starting to use XLM and XRP, but I'm also starting to see more currencies that are actually hurting that actually need to need money. People are actually sending USDC, so coins, stable coins, right? That other countries can actually potentially use, right? And so this is one way of sending money very fast so that it gets there very quickly and it's super quick. So this helps people to actually use money or use the money or make purchases that they potentially don't or can't do because they're hurting so much because of what's been happening with the war and everything. So I feel like that this could be really, really beneficial for the people that are uh, hurting and need help. Yeah. As we continue to go on here, Gonzo, the pilot is a collaboration with the United Nations International Computing Center, UNICC which serves as the technical solution provider and will leverage Stellar Aid Assist, Stellar-based, uh, that lets users send money instantly across the blockchain. Notice here they're not using XRP to um, to transmit to these users, but it's XLM. Do you have any concerns here that uh, XRP is not being used? Uh, no, not at all, because this is what XLM was built for, right? It was, XLM has always been more the peer-to-peer, -peer, while XRP is more of the larger amounts of money that banks are going to use, right? Um, and, and with XLM, you know, uh, good for them, right? It's a good way to um, send humanitarian aid or money to where um, it's needed, right? But it, it's all a, a test, right? That's what they're doing, right? Because you're going to you have to download the vibrant, uh, the wallet, right? The, the Stellar wallet. Um, and then you can send it, you convert to USDC, which you convert to USD. And then you're cutting out the banks and a debit card because they can go to any Western Union and, and then get actual fiat, right? So all they're doing is just kind of testing the use case for um, XLM. I, I think that we're gonna see this more and more. So more than it revolutionizing how humanitarian aid gets to the people that need it, um, it's revolutionizing the way we use money and the way that we send money. Yeah, spot on Gonzo, that's exactly right. We know at the end of the day, XRP is used to, for cross-border payments, XLM was meant to be for the people. And what you see here, uh, they talk about it here, that this is a great example of how blockchain has the potential to transform and revolutionize the way humanitarian funds are allocated. Um, so basically, it's exactly what we said. It's really the first use case trial that will be using Stellar here. And we see here, they talk here about... <coughs> 
excuse me, uh, the way the funds are getting into the hands of those who need them quickly and transparently without the need for bank accounts, credits, or debit cards. So that's huge, right, guys? Because everybody has a phone. That's about the one thing everybody in the world pretty much has. But we know there's a lot of people that are unbanked, and this is going to continue to help. But what I see happening here, Jack, and curious on your thoughts, it feels like to me you're finally getting that the 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 what you know the promise of the use case for these blockchains. What's interesting here is you see USDC being used on those blockchains, but it feels to me like subliminal programming coming in where they're starting to train people, and this is the future of digital currency and how money is going to be spread around the world. What's your yeah. thought? I that's interesting that you said uh, the thing about the phone, because I uh, not many of you guys know, but I served a mission um, for my church back when I was 19 and went to a third world country in the Philippines. One thing that you notice of every person in the Philippines, I mean, and I was in I was in a very rural area, not urban at all. Um, but, you know, a lot of their homes were made out of cardboard or or bamboo or sticks or things like that you know what i mean they didn't care what what their homes looked like that wasn't a big deal to them they don't care about their clothes things like that they care about their cell phones they care about their technology for sure because that's how they interact with each other and that's how you know that's how they keep their connection with people i wanted to point out um yeah, bro, Mike's comment, he said, majority of Americans don't understand the need for immigrant workers to send money home cheap and quick. He's spot on as well. A lot of Filipinos, and that's true for third world countries that will go to other countries, you know, to work, earn money, and then send it back to their families. Super sad situation, but phones are, and technology is vital for the for most of the world. Yeah, I will agree with him. We Americans live in a bubble, um, but I know, yeah, I've seen that firsthand. And so I will 100% agree with you guys um, about this situation with XLM. I do find it super interesting, though. I don't know if there's a connection here, but just seeing all this stuff about open AI, we've been talking about open AI. Did you know Jeb McCaleb is a huge, um, is one of the biggest supporters of open AI? He's like on their on their supporters list. I thought that was interesting. Um no you know, surprise there. Yeah, right, right. I mean, we we see those types of connections and we're like, oh, cool, you know, whatever. But I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I, you start to connect stories and things. And yeah, just wanted to kind of throw that out there for people. You know, Jackie brings up a good point. And I, and I brought this up before on the show. It's the blockchain that creates the mobile stack that I think is going to win this thing, right? Whether that's Solana, whether it's XLM, whichever it is, think about it. Like what she just said. We all have phones. Uh, I mean, that's just another use case when you're talking about third world countries and people sending money. But we all have phones. So even in third world countries, everyone has one of these. Shout out to Kalecki, right? Um, and so that's why I pay attention to that. That's what really got me into researching Solana, right, is what they were trying to do with their phone and their mobile stack. And you're going to see other blockchains are going to try to do this. Think about it. Like if you can come out with a phone that has a DEX that's already built in, that's super secure, along with a digital wallet that can hold your NFTs, that can hold your crypto, that you don't have to worry about anyone hacking or getting their hands on, um, that is going to be a game changer. You're basically talking about a Web3 phone. So whether that's Solana and they're, with, with um, everything that they're doing or one of the other blockchains, um, I think that's going to be very, very huge. I 100% agree with you on that, Gonzo. And I agree with Kenton Clutter here that we all want to see this test go smoothly. There's no question this is good for the cryptocurrency and blockchain industry as a whole. Everybody and their mother has a phone. There's no question about it. That that's where they're going to launch this on. Web3 phones are going to be huge, I think, in the future. There's no question about that. So um, good point. All right. Continue moving on here as we're on the topic of XRP. The Ripple CTO explains how XRP Ledger can help not only the carbon market, but the gaming space as well. So David Schwartz, who you guys all know and probably love, and Ripple, <coughs> excuse me, um, has revealed recently that he sees the potential for carbon credits and the gaming NFT tokens. Um, he's excited about them, uh, you know, in addition to the payment system that they have in place. So Schwartz revealed he's excited about the blockchain technology on the carbon credits because, well, the fit seems to be really good as he talks about. Whoops, let's get that out of the way. Um. Okay, so carbon credits are used to reduce energy greenhouse gas emissions, for those of you who aren't aware, okay? And that's coming. 
That's something that's starting to happen now and needs to be in place by 2050. The whole world has to be, I think, carbon neutral or carbon zero by 2050, or you get fined heavily, okay? So what this means here is these these um, gas reduce. every company is going to get so many credits. And if you are below the credit, you actually can sell your credits to another company that may be over. So the reality is it creates this, as you see here, the tradable, the tradable permit that allows an entity to emit specific amount of gas, greenhouse gas, allowing companies in countries emitting less to emissions um, allowances to sell to other countries. So there are problems in the carbon credits that blockchain technology can help resolve. So Gonzo, when you think about it, right, if you're going to be trading these technologies, you're going to be trading these credits, what better way to do it than use it on a blockchain, right? Yeah, I mean, first of all, let me say, I, I think the whole thing is, is like a narrative and it's kind of ridiculous when you see how it breaks down. But I understand that it's a future, right? And mm-hmm. one of the biggest issues in carbon credits is something they call provenance, right? It's, it says it in the article. Where provenance is, is basically uh, the verification process or the documentation. Like, how do you know that it's actually valid what they're doing, right, with that credit? And so, yeah, you're right, Johnny. The blockchain absolutely um, is set up for that, for that verification process. Um, it, it works out perfect, I mean, for the XRPL. That, and like the article talks about gaming, right? Gaming NFTs and being able to use those gaming NFTs, like Tones always talks about, and move them from one game to another, right? And building up those assets so that they're tradable. You can sell them. You can build them up, whatever you want to do. Yep. And speaking of gaming, Tones, Swartz also mentioned here that the gaming area is another area in which NFTs can help as they can allow studios to easily bring users along to new launches as players are often comfortable with their old titles and can be hesitant to follow developers into the new ones. He says the problem can be solved if the gaming assets are turned into NFTs, which players would then be able to bring those assets to the new game. And as a result, you wouldn't lose the asset by switching to the new game. Now, with yourself being a gamer, how important is that to you? I mean, this is huge news. I mean, this is what NFTs are meant to be, though. So, I mean, this is what I've always been saying. This is how games should have always worked. We shouldn't have to lose our assets, our skins, or anything like that. We should always be able to transfer them over to whatever game we're currently playing, especially if it's made by the same developer. All my Call of Duty skins from 10 years ago that I earned, I should have been able to bring them over to the next game instead of me having to regrind all that shit out again. Now, granted, it was just regrinding, so it wasn't a big deal. But you see, my point is some of these things that took a lot of time and some of the players that actually didn't want to do it, didn't do it, right? So it made those skins or whatever you want to call them actually more valuable. So you could put your time in, level them up, and then go and sell them. Or, you know what I mean, there's a bunch of different things to actually do with these NFTs. Personally, I feel like that this is going to be huge i feel like that this is how uh nfts always should have worked and i feel like that i feel that this is going to be like what pushes us forward we already are seeing this with pegoxy and splinterlands they're making other games that currently use their nft assets so i feel like that as we go forward we're going to start to see more people actually uh, start to use their own assets so that people don't have to keep rebuying assets and stuff like that I feel like this is really going to be what pushes gaming forward towards the NFTs. Yeah. And one of the other like real true use cases for NFTs is also your digital identity, right? So it'll be your driver's license, your medical records, um, any kind of certification you have, your marriage certificate, um, your banking insurance, all of that stuff uh, will be on the blockchain and there'll be like an NFT representation of it. Yep. So, so I want to answer real uh, Ab's question real quick. How long before Madden the NBA? I mean, if you look at it, FIFA terminated their own uh, contract, right? They they didn't renew it so that they can go out and make their own blockchain games. It's only a matter of time before every sports game is going out there making their own crypto games. I only feel it. Yep, it's definitely going to transform the business. There's no doubt about it. And there's another thing that's going to transform the business too, and that is the smartest way to track your crypto. So we're going to let you hear that beautiful voice talk about how it happens. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. 
Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. I'll, I'll tell you that music just gets me dancing every time. It's so catchy. But yeah, guys, if you haven't signed up yet for Merlin, go down, click on the link below, www.merlincrypto.com. Go sign up to get on the on the wait list. You're going to get a free 30-day notice trial when we launch it, um, hopefully not that long after in the new year. So we're getting close. We're excited. And it's going to help you not only track your crypto, but give you tools to set up an exit strategy because right now if you're doing what gonzo's doing and your dollar cost averaging in at five with three bucks and that thing hits you know you're gonna have to do your targets if that thing hits 10 12 15 30 bucks you're gonna want to get notified it's time to sell right so don't miss out on that opportunity to get that tool in place for you and with that said boys let's continue on to we've got about two more articles left we'll see if we can get to both of them but this, to me, was a very, very interesting one. Coinbase launching an ERC-20 token recovery tool. Of course, I'm getting a little cut out of this thing. But we all know that sometimes we accidentally send a coin to the wrong place. And we're like, oh, shit, once you send it, it's gone. Right? With crypto, it's very, very, very hard to get your money back. So I feel like this is long overdue. But you do see here, America's largest crypto exchange, Coinbase, has launched a tool to help users get that the uh, the coins back that they might have mistakenly sent to the wrong token address. So you see here, um, Coinbase announces this new tool will enable ERC-20. So it's only going to be ERC-20-based tokens that run on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, an asset recovery tool enable you to get back almost 4,000 unsupported ERC tokens. The company said that the customer occasionally sent uh, <laughs> occasionally sent unsupported tokens to their Coinbase wallets. And until now, there's been no way to get it. Um, basically the reality is Coinbase employees do not have your private keys. And trust me, guys, you don't want them having your private keys. Nobody should have them but you. Um, so they can't reverse these transactions. But the nice thing is there's going to be a tool out there. The tool will let you do self-service uh, tool that you'll be able to use and be able to get it back. And it's going to depend on the, um, the amount of money. So it says here, if the transaction was under $100, there's no fee. It's free. If it's over $100, they're going to charge you 5%. But Gonzo, what, how, what's your thought? How important is it to have a tool like this, in your opinion? Um, I mean, I, I think it's cool. I, I think that exchanges are doing whatever they can to try to get customers to come back after the whole FTX debacle. Yeah. So uh, I'm not saying it's a gimmick because it does help people out. Uh, knock on wood, I've never done that because, you know, I have kind of, I'm OCD-ish when it comes to crypto. And so I always make sure that I'm looking at, you know, the transaction numbers in the last four, I, I, even though I copy and paste and stuff like that. But I mean, it, it could happen. Um, and the, unfortunately, it's just on ERC-20, which means it's only on Ethereum-based right mm -hmm. now that they can recover it. So for Solana, um, Bitcoin, or any of the other blockchains that that, that hasn't come out yet, um, I think it's cool that under 100 bucks, um, you know, they're doing it for free, but over 100 bucks, they're going to charge you 5%. So I guess it just depends if it's worthwhile. Um, and depending on how you send crypto because most people send a small amount and then make sure it works and they send the bigger amount. And if you follow that rule, uh, then you would have only lost a little bit. So it just depends on how much you've lost. But I just feel like overall what it's trying to do is just trying to get customers to come back to, to Coinbase. You're actually spot on Gonzo. It actually even says that in the article, they are trying to find ways to bring people back after the fact that they've you know lost a good chunk of um of folks uh they've lost a good chunk of business there because of that so there's no question about it that they're trying to find tools and this is just something that every exchange needs to have anyway i mean the reality is crypto cannot become mainstream adopted if we're going to be sending money back and forth to people and there's a mistake and you send 10 grand or something you can't get it back it was mistakenly nobody's going to use it so that there needs to be fixes in place on how to reverse things like that to me that just has one of those things that just has to happen. I want to try to get to this very, this one last. Yeah, well, instead of reversing it though, what it should be is that when you send the wallet address, like it shouldn't be clunky like it is now. It should right. be so 
it, you don't have to reverse it that you know there's a guarantee in the wallet address that you're sending it to kind of like the dot e thing exactly and i think that's where we're headed right they'll get to the point where everybody's wallet is no longer going to be you know a 32-bit carrier or a 32 like it's going to be like gonzo's wallet or jackie's wallet right or it's going to be identifiable so that people know they're sending it to the right place otherwise again no, no nobody's going to use it so um, I do want to try to quickly get to this one last thing. I don't know if you guys can hear this. I'm going to play this real quick. This was um, uh, the news channels really bashing and creating a lot, a lot of fun on Binance. I told you, I feel like there's something, there's, a, there's an attack after them. But I'm going to play this and hopefully you guys can. We're going to just play a little segment of this. Let me know if you guys can hear it. Give me a thumbs up if you can. And reliability solidness in the so space. Do it. Would it's you be able to handle it if somebody asked you for $2.1 billion back? Would that be okay? Would you be able to still withstand the things? We're financially okay. Including you have $2.1 billion to give away if somebody came to reclaw to claw that back, you'd we'll, still be fine? We'll, we'll let the lawyer handle it. We are financially strong. Even after the FTT price dropped over the last year, we still have $500 million worth of it. Uh, $580 million worth of it on the day when we transferred from the address we received a year and a half ago. We never touched it. We actually actually kind of forgot about it. Uh, but thus far, uh, you haven't disclosed your liabilities. And I wonder why that is and whether you will. Yeah, so we are working with the firms to do the uh, audit of financials, li liabilities, et cetera. But the audits don't reveal every problem. So, no, but, it, but um, an audit from a big four auditor kind of, would reveal that, CZ. If you could right. get a big four auditor to say that, if, if you're saying that some of them don't want to work with you, that raises questions too. They, they don't want to work with you because you don't have the files and the data that would make them feel comfortable signing off and, and giving that stamp of approval? Uh, actually, many of them don't even know how to audit crypto exchanges. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going out there, but when you watch this, I don't know about you guys, so I'm going to turn the floor over to you guys. But it feels like to me, boy, they've got it. There's this, the, the, the machine has turned their sights on CZ for what he did to FTX. I don't know, Jackie, what's your thoughts here? Or, or, am I just reading this wrong, or, or, or does it feel like the, the guns have been turned? Ma'am, I really hope CZ and Binance are just in the clear. I really do. He seems like a smart guy. He's been here for the longest. I mean, I yeah. Um, I think that is funny, though. It's to me, I feel like I feel like he's got his books. I think this is just a rumor oh, looming, and I feel like people are expecting this to, you know, that oh, we're coming another leg down, and we're gonna come lower, and they're thinking we're just gonna absolutely crash to the floor, and you know, maybe we don't go much lower, and then this is this is kind of that rumored news that didn't really mark the bottom. The FTX thing was really the thing that marked the bottom, and then we start going back up from here. I don't know. Um, but man, I hope it is that way. I do. Cause I, I, I want something to believe in again. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, I think it was a lot of fun though. Like they, they act like there was a bank run on Binance, but like, like they took the hit. It was like 1.9 billion. If you look at the wallet, it's all online. They still had like 61 billion. I think yesterday it was down to like 59 billion. Um, and, and, you know, they're taking a cheap shot at him because of the whole thing that Kevin O'Leary said that he had to buy that SBF had to buy back his shares of, of FTX from Binance. Well, that purchase happened. And I'm sure there was a lot of other money that was spent right uh, on the FTX arena. There was all the buildings. So, I mean, to be fair, like if you're going to go after that 2.1 billion or whatever that money was, what about the other assets, right? What about, are you going to go to FTX arena and ask them for the money back? Are you going to go and seize all the properties that they use? So how do you differentiate those customer funds that they went to CZ as opposed to all the other things that they did, right? And how do you get that back? So I, I think it's a cheap shot, but I personally think that finance is okay. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see, but I mean, a lot of the stuff's on chain. A lot of these auditors, like you said, won't work with them. And even the ones that, that would, they don't really even understand how blockchain works. They wouldn't even be able to like break it down for us or for, for they wouldn't be able to break it down so that we would understand it. Right. Cause it's kind of over their head. Yeah. Spot on there, Gonzo. I totally feel like, you know, he just basically did what was in the best interest of Binance. And now he's getting, you know, it feels like he's under attack because he exposed something that I think they didn't want us to be exposed. And the reality is I, I don't blame him at all. I mean, I really have been saying for a while, I believe there's this big battle 
between USDC and USDT and Binance kind of trying to hold up and keep the US. You saw Binance. So I think they, they are not using USDC while Coinbase is using USDC. Uh, so and now you just saw the UN. What did they choose? They chose USDC. So we know where the big boys are placing the bets. We know that Binance is on the outs. USDTC is on the outs. Not surprising to me at all that we're seeing a shit ton of FUD here trying to FUD and destroy Binance. I believe you're going to see a lot of attack on them. And that could actually, I don't want to say that would be the swan event, but Binance going down would certainly, that's even bigger news than FTX going down. That would totally rock this market. And if the bottom there. Go ahead, if Binance goes down, would USDT go down as well? <clears throat> you know, as Mark Yusko says, the question is always better than the answer. I'm not entirely sure, you know, what the linkages is between the two, but it's certainly going to have a huge impact because a lot of trading pairs, especially on Binance, are done in USDT. So that would all have to get reversed and undone. And I don't know how big of an impact, but that could be, I think, yes, a big impact overall. You know, I think a lot of like whether it's USDT or maybe even like Binance, I think when these guys started out years and years ago, maybe they, I think they did do some shady things and they blended those lines, right? Because there is no regulation and it is the Wild West, right? FTX yeah. wasn't a very, it hadn't been around for a long time. And if, if we wouldn't have figured out this fraud, they might have gotten to a point where they were able to get their shit together and kind of fix everything. I don't think so because they didn't have records like they were supposed to. But I'm sure that USDT, when they started out, they were shady. I'm sure that when Binance started out, they were kind of maybe shady and fronting on what they really had. But I think it's been enough time and they've gotten big enough and CZ smart enough to they've been able to hedge their bets and kind of cover themselves. Time will tell, but I think that's where we're at. I think in the beginning, all these companies started off, they were really shaky. And as time has gone on, they've become more and more solid. I think you're right, Gonzo. Time will tell. And speaking of time, we've run out of that today, folks. So want to thank everybody who joined us today. Gonzo, Super G, I like to say, or George Clooney, Jackie, Joyful Jackie, and NFT Tones. Thank you guys all for joining us, folks. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show today. Join us next week. We will be live Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern time with our man Abs back in the seat. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Like we always like to say, Warriors, Rise! Get your shit together, baby. Go ahead, guys. We'll say it. Let's go. Let's go.